firstdropmusic.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bear Cole with From the First Drop, everybody's favorite podcast. Uh, today, we are doing an introduction for a new artist for First Drop Music. So uh, some of you know that I do this podcast, but might not know anything about First Drop Music. Uh, First Drop Music is basically a music group that I've been starting. Uh, I started it with the idea of something that I did in the past when I owned a kind of a boutique, tiny underground uh, record label. But since then, that was quite a while ago, things have changed so much in the music industry that I feel like the record label model wasn't exactly what uh, I wanted to do or what artists really need right now. And I think as much as um, record labels were set up to do a whole bunch of the distribution and the the business part of things, um, some a lot of artists don't need that anymore. What they really need is just a community of other artists that they can help, um, you know, kind of build uh, momentum with, uh, and just a community where you can share your music. So all First Drop Music is going to be is a community of different artists. Uh, when I first started it up, there was three artists on it. Uh, the fucked up part of that is that I was all three artists um, because I've been using three different artist names for quite a while. Uh, but I really had a goal in mind um, that I wanted to get it up and running into the place where it was kind of uh, stabilized and then start adding other artists that I respect and that I like their music uh, just so we can create that little community uh, for you guys that are listeners or for anybody that's interested um, to be able to get uh, new music often. Uh, and so I'm super excited because the first artist that I get to to kind of add to First Drop Music is my great friend Trasno, otherwise known as Emiko or Emiko. That is my first question, Trask. How do we pronounce your name? Uh, you know, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, to answer your <laughs> <Absolutely>. question, <laughs> um, you know, as long as you don't misspell it and uh, you end up on my pages and give me the streams, I really don't care how you pronounce it. <laughs> I pronounce it Emiko. Uh, but you know, tomato, tomato, as long as, uh, as, as long as you're at the right place, listening to my tunes, then, uh, I could care less. Awesome. And how'd you come up with the name Amico? All right. So, um, I have a pretty bad anime habit, not as much as some people, but, but I, I like me some anime. One of my favorite animes growing up was one called Yu Yu Hakusho. And, uh, there's a character in there who's like kind of, man, I'll just get into it. It's going to be nerdy as hell. All right. So there's a guy named Hiei who is like the original bad guy. And then he ends up being defeated and joining the team as a good guy. But he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. He's a fire demon from a tribe of ice demons. So he's known in his tribe as the Amiko, which is the cursed child. Um, and since I like the sound of the name, I kind of resonate with him as a character. Um, I, I just sort of adopted that moniker for myself. Awesome. Awesome. How do you think your interest in anime has carried over into your music? Ooh, so um, I really love anime 
theme songs. Um, the intros, the outros, uh, that kind of J-pop, hard rock, semi-electronic style. It's like really high energy. It's super fun. And uh, I that's something that through the years I've kind of found working its way into my music, especially the stuff that I'm actually proud enough to release. Um, you know, like I want my music to have that same sort of energy and uh, just kind of drive behind it that gets you hyped. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Um, and so I know this, but, you know, the people listening might not. You are kind of uh, uh, my spirit animal, uh, or we have a lot in common, where as far as music goes, we kind of have our hands in almost everything we can get our hands into. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that that's a way to, uh, that's part of what I'm going to be talking about on the podcast is how to diversify yourself so that you can actually try to make a living in music or around music so that you're not um, separating yourself from the industry to go work a job and then just making songs at night or something like that. It's cooler when you can work something that's at least in the realm of music or entertainment because it just totally. helps you out to have that. So I know that you uh, have done quite a bit of recording engineer stuff at studios and for uh, Peaks and, and some other uh, audio companies that I work for. So doing live sound for bands. Also, I know that you've been doing some live sound at one of the bigger uh, live venues here in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona. I also know that you uh, have been in multiple bands, uh, and I know that you play drums. Do you play any other instruments? Uh, let's see. I technically know like four and a half chords on a guitar that I can string together into something that resembles a song, but that's about it. Uh, well, I heard all you need to know is three chords and you can play uh, country, reggae, a whole bunch of different style so you know one extra chord more than people say you need to know <laughs> yeah well it's funny that you say that because uh i can use those same three chords and just by changing you know like the rhythm that you play them in and kind of how you play those chords you actually can get a surprising amount of variety out of it but i wouldn't consider myself a guitarist by any means yeah for sure for sure um so you do all of that you've also worked with with me as a dj both of us have dj'd clubs bars uh, all kinds of different types of events and also weddings. Um, and I'm sure that I will have you back on sometime and we'll be talking about DJing weddings and kind of uh, some tips that we have for people that are trying to get into that business because both you and I have DJed quite a few weddings in our day. Um, but you also produce and you do production. And I know that um, I don't know the whole story, right? But I know that you. Uh, have been producing for some time, but that uh, a lot of your first releases have come recently. Um, is that correct as far as being released everywhere? Definitely. Um, awesome. So I kind of, yeah, I'd, I started making music probably about five years ago is when I first got Ableton. Um, kind of started, you know, making some tracks, posting them up on SoundCloud. I had a different moniker at the time, which was actually just my name trask but with a z instead of an s super original and cool i know (laughs) Uh, but as far as releasing things like really releasing them out to the public as far as like spotify apple music putting them out on all those big music services i was super critical of myself and i'm sure most artists will kind of identify with this um the music that i was making 
my friends were like, yeah, that's kind of a cool track. Um, but it didn't like, I didn't like my own music and it wasn't even so much that I didn't like my music. It just didn't have the quality that, um, I was hearing on the radio or from artists that I respected. And so like, if my, my main goal was really to get to a point where I could make and produce tracks that if I were to slip those in to a DJ set, it doesn't sound like totally out of left field. You know, it's, it still has that same crispness, same loudness, that same quality level. Um, and really I've only just kind of started to hit that within the past year or so. So I felt it was time to jump into the deep end and start releasing music and give it to the world. Awesome. That's awesome, man. I think, um, it takes a long time and it, it keeps changing. And I, I've had projects in the past where I tried to go for, um, okay. So for, for instance, I did one album where I just had basically about two months time and I wanted to write and record and release as many songs as possible. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted people to hear the recording process. I wanted it not to be super high, fidelity or anything like that mm-hmm. um and uh i don't know if you remember or have ever heard of cody chestnut but he did um an album i think it was called the headphone masterpiece or uh something close to that i'll have to find it I'll, I'll make sure that i put it in the information uh for this podcast so people can check it out if they want but he Sweet. did something where he was recording at home just on headphones and then he got picked up and he was working with a lot of bigger artists, like The Roots and a whole bunch of people. But that album, you could hear that it wasn't perfected, but it was so awesome. It was just so good. The songs were so good. Um, you could hear that the audio quality wasn't there, but it worked out awesome. When I tried to do it, it didn't work out awesome. <laughs> it was like shit, right? I released it. And I did like 30 three or 35 songs with some spoken word stuff. And I released it as a double and uh, people caught on to some of the songs and stuff. But when I did it like that, I think people didn't pick up on it. I wasn't as successful as Cody Chestnut. Right? I was like, ah, shit, right. I probably should have perfected this. So I ended up going back years later, remastering all of it, picking the right songs instead of just releasing all of it. Cause some of it wasn't up to par and you know, re-releasing it. But I think, that from doing that, the audio quality and when people are listening to it on Spotify or they're just throwing it in against another artist, if it sounds close enough in that vein, it makes a huge psychological difference to people when they're listening to music. Uh, right. And they, they automatically put you in that same category. So I think you're totally right in that finding that spot is important and then once you do you just got to run with it you know and uh, i found that a lot of the plugins and stuff that i used to use a long time ago have gotten so much better now that you can get to that sound uh, and the plugins are just better once you teach yourself how to use them um, yes and you, you can definitely get there so as far as your music goes mm-hmm. how do you think that your um experience in the last couple of years playing in a band which what what would you say the genre of your band is oh i think technically we call it like indie grunge um 
but that's really kind of far off the moniker. Uh, it's it's rock and roll at its heart for sure, and uh, we switch guitarists every couple of years. It feels like so with each new guitarist um, comes a whole new sound. It's kind of cool actually. Yeah, but definitely I would say in the vein of alternative rock. Uh, yeah, it, some of the stuff that I've heard has even got some cool like ninety influence nineties influences in it and stuff like that. We are definitely nineties straightforward rock, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, also you've been DJing bars and clubs, but on top of that, for a while now you've been DJing weddings, which is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. I know that it changes my sound depending on what I'm doing a lot. Um, how do you think that all of that has fed into the sound of your music? Have you noticed a difference since you started doing all those different things and the, the way that it influences your music? A hundred percent. Really, it's just so there's a kind of a there's the idea that, you know, you as a person are the average of, you know, the five or people that are immediately around you or your social circle, something along those lines. I really think it's the same thing for music. Um things that you listen to often just kind of rub off on your style. So being able to play the drums just kind of gives me like a natural sense of energy and sort of beat arrangement. DJing clubs kind of exposes you more to the the high energy, like super upbeat or really heavy ratchet stuff. So that kind of sound design finds its way. Or I find that even, I'll be I'll be in the middle of DJing at a club, and I'll be that song that's really kind of hit. I'll be listening to it so much that I get the formula for that song down, and I'm like, yes. "How now? This is a huge hit. How could I take that to transfer it into my style, make it kind of fit what I do?" And I find it's kind of a motivate. It's influential when I. And doing that, because to be honest, if I'm not DJing clubs, I don't sit around and listen to what's popular and what's Same. what's what's hitting at the moment. But when I'm DJing clubs, I kind of have to. And I, right. I start getting in touch with that music and I go, oh, man, they made that work really well. How could I that make that work? Hard. How do I yeah. do that? Exactly. So I think that that's kind of the influence I've noticed from that. And then how about um, DJing the wedding part? How do you think that's influenced your, your music? The weddings... Um it's actually kind of interesting. So I, I wouldn't say by any means that like my music has a huge mainstream broad appeal, but you do kind of pick up. Uh, so at a wedding, you have to cater to a bunch of different crowds. So you're listening to a bunch of and playing a bunch of different styles of music. And uh, it kind of keeps me in my productions from going too far into the deep end one way or the other. Uh, so not that I, it would be compromising anything, but it just, I feel like it gives me an ability to find like a sweet spot of like, yeah, this is dancey sort of house music, but also my mom might not scream at me to turn it off if I'm playing it too loud. Yeah. You kind of find that. Uh, that's awesome. I think that it's, uh, the more, uh, DJing I've done, the more it kind of changes my own style of music. Because when I first started making music, I was DJing, but I was really into super underground styles of music that I would never be playing when I was out DJing, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. the the opposite of what I was playing DJing is what I was making or into and the bands I was in and groups I was in. So. But then 
now that I've been doing it for so long, it all kind of meshes in. And it sounds like that's kind of been happening for you too, where it's like it all meshes together. All that experience of being a DJ, playing in different bands, um, working live sound with different bands. Um, yeah. Doing all those different things that are involved in music, it really has an effect on how you make your own music. And I think that's going to be one of the exciting things as you keep making music and we're helping you out at First Drop is just seeing where that goes. Because I think that's awesome. And I think that you and I have so much in common in that way that I was excited to announce you as being the first artist. Um, I think it'll be fun to help you out since you're just uh, just starting to release music in that vein and and um getting it out there to see where that's going to go from there and i think i think it's going to be awesome uh, i think same man i'd really appreciate you uh inviting me to be part of the whole collective because it might sound cheesy but uh i really think people will enjoy the music that i put out i dance to it and i don't dance so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's worth, i think that's worth something yeah for sure i dance very badly to it, but exactly. more than I usually dance to things. So uh, I, you know, I think as first drop music, my main goal is just to get some really cool music out there. But on top of that, uh, I'm trying to find musicians that sit in a specific uh, realm of music, but aren't just right in that middle um, realm. I've always been excited about more kind of the left field music. Um, things that can be very um, poppy, but if you if you put them on, they might fit even more into something that's more indie or alternative than uh, a straight up radio hit. And I think that I find that with the same uh, the music that you make, but also the taste in music that you have. And so, mm -hmm. as first drop music, I, there's going to be a lot of electronic music artists on there. I love dance music and I've been involved in dance music for a really long time so it's kind of something that I just hold close and totally. kind of in my heart so I want to definitely make sure that that's there but also you know as far as the production goes and some of the hip-hop stuff and some of the other stuff that's going to be in the music group I just want it to be a little bit in that realm where it's got a poppy sound, it's got a fun dance sound sometimes, but it can also go right into the more alternative, maybe even more dark realm uh, sometimes yeah. as well. You know, I'm not trying to sign the next EDM artist that's going to blow up and play uh, festivals as much as I am somebody that's an artist making cool music. And so that's what I want to represent with First Drop Music. I think you'll fit in perfectly uh, with that. But um, really, everybody has their own places that they go uh, with music. And the thing that drives me crazy about dance music, but is also awesome about it, is that it changes so often, right? Yes. And there's so many different subgenres and styles that have popped up since I first started listening in the 90s to dance music and, and club music and house and, uh, you know, progressive house and trance and all of that. There's so many places it goes. But I fucking hate that everybody always just follows that train where it's going to go, right? And so that's not what I want to do with First Drop Music is find that new thing that's the big sound in dance music and then everybody follow that. You know, I want to go, I want artists that are going to look into the past, look into the future and just make their own music, their own sound that incorporates all of it, but isn't trying to sound exactly like 
the last track that came out, right? And and I just find that so much in dance music. Do you kind of feel that way sometimes? Definitely. And there's so there's nothing wrong with like, you know, taking inspiration or like little bits of like the whatever genre is currently blowing up because obviously it's blowing up for a reason. It's good music. Uh, and if you want to incorporate bits of that into your own stuff, that's 100% fine and keeps you growing as an artist. Uh, but chasing what's popular will always leave you behind because it's already popular and you've got to catch up. So really, you should just stay in your lane. And eventually, the tastes are always changing, always evolving. It, it'll come around to you eventually. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's gonna it changes so often that it goes one one way and then it comes back and if you just chase it that's a great way to put it if you're chasing it all the time you're going to get left behind because by the time you get there they're going to everybody's going to be on something else so right. um i think that there's people that are awesome at that and i'm not trying to talk shit about it i just don't think that that's my goal um with the artists that i want to help out and the music that i want to hope to get out there uh, mm-hmm. i think my goal is just to get some cool music out there but that maybe doesn't follow the path of what's really popular right now um that just gives you some different tastes of some other stuff that's going on and um so i think i think it's gonna be really fun i'm so glad that you're gonna be a part of it if anybody wants to um you know start following just make sure that you go look up everywhere uh i m i k o imiko um Mm -hmm. i know that a lot of your social is under imiko music is that correct uh, yeah, so Amico is the artist, is like my artist name. That's what you would see on a flyer, um, you know, on all the artist credits, anything like that. But as far as the social pages, pretty much everything is at Amico Music, um, just to kind of keep it consistent. Awesome. And to make it easy, uh, I am working on getting uh, Amico all over the first drop music.com website so if you guys do want to go check it out and you just want to find the easiest way i would go there uh just you can go right to the artist page for imico on firstdropmusic.com and we should have a whole bunch of links so you can find the music everywhere that you look uh and you know learn a little bit about trask and, and everything as well so before we wrap this up how did you decide was there a specific moment in time where it just hit you? Did it come slowly over time? What made you decide that you wanted to be involved in music or be a musician? Oh, man. Um, so I played a bunch of rock band in high school, uh, like thousands of hours. I spent hundreds of dollars on download songs. Um, music's already been, has always been a, a big part of my life, but I didn't really know that that was a thing that you could pursue um you know everyone always tells you that like you'll fail in music blah 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 you got to be one of these one people to make it in the game and so it kind of discouraged me from even trying and then uh sort of once i moved out and went to college had some time on my own i bought a dj controller and then was like oh shit this isn't how you make dance music this is how you play dance music (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's had that experience where you're like, get that first piece of gear and then you go, oh <laughs> shit, I need this to even make this work. Or I, this is not what I need. I need this to actually, I, I, same thing happened to me when I was first starting. Yeah, but I just, I heard some really dope artists with, that made music at the time that was impactful and resonated with me. And uh, I figured just why the hell not try it? 
and you know just started plugging away and then figured out that uh if i quit my pizza job and got 10 different jobs related to music that i could just surround myself with it and absorb knowledge and get better and kind of fuck all the haters that said i couldn't do it you know here i am absolutely that's uh going to be a huge part of this podcast is kind of explaining to people that you don't have to if you want a lamborghini and you want to marry cardi b and you want to do all that shit you should not even listen to this podcast it's not going to teach you that at all i haven't done that so i don't know how to teach you how to do that at all um but if you want to learn how to be an independent musician who can live a normal lifestyle but still kind of work around music and still make some money doing it uh, then that's what this podcast is about and so i think that that focus Is just a little bit too much sometimes. Sorry about that. I had to plug my computer in. I wanted to make sure I didn't die. Oh, that's all right. I was like, wait, did we lose him? I was We're back. Building tension, building tension there. Um, you nailed it. <laughs> but that, uh, that focus, uh, if you put it in the context of you want to open a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Then do you have to open a five Michelin star uh, chef, just amazing? top end restaurant in order to be happy in your life and for people to say that you're successful. Not at all. No. You, you got to learn to walk before you can run. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't just start out being Usain Bolt. Everyone crawls, everyone finds their own way and then not everyone ends up being Usain Bolt and that's fine. Yeah. And I think my view on the music industry has always been my music career has always kind of, I've always kept it like my favorite thing, which is kind of like the local dive bar aesthetic like the that's that's kind of where my career is at uh, and how I've always liked it because I've reached a little bit higher in my career from time to time and it just wasn't as fun for me and it wasn't as cool and I'm not going to say that I wouldn't like to make more money than I do right now off of my music I'm trying to find ways at all times to do that but I also don't think that you have to be a musician who gets to that huge point that everybody acts like you do in order to be happy and successful. I think you can be very happy and very successful by diversifying yourself and learning where your lane is at and then jumping right in where it is at uh, and then finding those other, because I mean, to be honest, I see artists all the time. Some of my friends that have uh, been signed and made it pretty far into the music industry, they're not happy a lot of them don't even make music anymore because it was so horrible that they just had to get out of that lifestyle in order to even keep right. their sanity. And now they don't even touch music because it just has such a dark connotation to them. But a lot the of the, yeah, that's sad, man. But it, it's if you're reaching for that as your goal, you got to look at the other parts of it too. If, if you have the right personality to be able to tour, that's awesome. I never had the personality that I could tour for months and months and months. I did it and right. I hated it, right? So um, then I was like, man, how what, how do I make a music career work when I can't tour like that, right? Well, then I had to figure that out. And I was never the kind of person that liked being on the road or liked um, doing a lot of th- the things that they say that, that you have to do to be successful. Um, but also a lot of artists that do those things are like, some of them have the right personality and they fit right in there. 
Um, and some people just, that's not your personality type. And it doesn't mean you can't be a musician and be successful. Uh, yeah. Luckily, there's tons of ways to do that now. So yeah, I, I guess there's, there's not one definition of success in music, you know, like I guarantee there's people that make a living off their music out there that anyone listening to this podcast has never heard of. And for them, that's fine. And they're happy and they're doing what they love. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, the kind of people that I want to concentrate on with this podcast. And also with First Rap Music is keeping that um, that idea that it is kind of like close to the ground. It's more of a realistic approach to the music industry, right? And so um, that's why uh, First Rap Music, you're not going to see anything where it's going to be oh, look at us, we just got on a, this private jet and we're flying when I really spent extra money so we could take pictures on a private jet. I've seen multiple <laughs> artists doing that bullshit. That's not, that's, the, so yeah, that's not the kind of approach, right? I do not ride private jets. I'm not going to ride a private jet. <laughs> you're not going to see those pictures. Um, and so um, you're probably going to see something that's more of a, you know, uh, going out, traveling around, playing some little bars here and there once we can do that. Um, sitting in the house, working in the home studio, uh, maybe every once in a while going to a medium-sized studio to get some stuff done, but uh, more of a realistic view of what it's like for musicians these days. So um, I think that you're going to be the perfect fit into that, not only because you just have a cool attitude about that, uh, but also because you have done all of that, right? Uh, And you have done the uh, crappy gig, where you get called in last minute and you're just unloading shit off of some truck in the back of a music venue because the band was late, right? But that's something that you learn. And then, but also fun at the same time. Yeah, it is kind of fun. I, you know, <laughs> I love that kind of shit. That's one of, been one of my favorite parts of working in live sound and production and stuff is just those wild times where it's so crazy, but you just get your adrenaline going and you're, it's, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, once the train stops, starts going, it, it don't stop. It's rock and roll. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up. I'm so glad that you're going to be a part of First Drop Music. Thanks for sharing kind of what got you started in music and, and what motivates you. Um, everybody can check out firstdropmusic.com to get more information. I know that there'll be plenty more uh, releases coming in the future, and we'll make sure that uh, first drop, you guys have easy ways to see everything that uh, Emiko is working on. And um, you're also going to hear Trask coming on the podcast pretty often. Uh, he's he's going to be one of those guests that kind of just has a lot of the knowledge that I'm looking for in a guest uh, when I'm interviewing or I just want to talk about a topic. So you'll hear a lot more from Trask. Um, but, you know, I just want to thank you for being a part of First Drop Music uh, really look forward to get some more music out there. Right now, you have your single called Make You Sweat. That mm-hmm. is going to be... Is there a release date set for that? Is it already out places? When can people uh, go, let's say, to Spotify and find that? Official release date for uh, Spotify and all the big music services is July 31st. So just in about three, four days here. Coming up quick. Hell yeah. Coming up on Friday. So yeah. this Friday... Um, you guys will have the opportunity to listen to that new single, Make You Sweat. You've also got another single that's already out uh, on Spotify and a whole bunch of other uh, music retailers, streaming places. What, what's that mm-hmm. single called? 
Uh, that's called It'll Be Okay, and uh, that's the first track that I've ever officially released under the Amico name. It's the first track I was really proud of, and uh, yeah, it, it was meant to lift people up out of the darkness of COVID. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys go check that out. Once again, my name is Bear Cole. This is from the First Drop Podcast, and you guys have a great one. Peace. Thanks, Bear. Thank you for listening to From the First Drop. My name is Bear Cole. If you want to learn more, just look up First Drop Music anywhere you go online. That's one S-T-Drop, D-R-O-P, music. Look it up, firstdropmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you go online. We're going to bring you more about independent music, music distribution, how to be a DJ, mobile DJing, and just music in general. I hope you guys come back and listen to more. We're out. Peace.